Today at Kalos Church, we're discussing how to deal with self-importance. Oh, I don't need that, but I know some people who could really use a message like that. Welcome to Kalos Church. My name is Pradeep Jiva, And I'm Amrita. Kalos means beautiful in Greek, and we know a lot of people have seen or heard ugly things when it's concerning the church. But we believe that when you look at the actual words and the ways of Jesus, it's quite beautiful. And so we want to be a safe environment where we can ask the question, what is so beautiful about Jesus? If you want content like this every week, please subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram. Yes, we are so glad that you're here. And Pastor Pradeepan is about to preach an incredible message today. But before he does that, we want to stay connected. Yeah. We have a Kalos Church mm-hmm. Facebook group. It's actually a private group, but every single week we stay connected with yeah. one another. We share memes, we share jokes, yep. we pray for one another. It's really an incredible incredible online space where we as a church can stay friends and stay Mm -hmm. close to one another. In fact, we've got some friends even right now that are ready to say hello to you in the comments. So just say hi right now on the comments. We'd love to get to know you a little bit uh, today. And so I want you to know that you can jump into this private Facebook group as well. All you have to do is join us in our crash course that's right after service Mm -hmm. today. Come meet us. We'd love to meet you. And then we can pull you right into that Facebook. Group. But today I want to talk about um, some good news. There yeah. are good things happening in the world. This last week was another difficult week for our yeah. nation and even for the city of Bellevue, for the community that our church resides in. And uh, there was some protesting that was happening this last week in downtown Bellevue uh, that turned into some looting and some vandalism, things like that. And I was so amazed because they were Kalos Church people mm. on their own accord who got together yeah. and said, let's go down and clean up our community. We are passionate about our community. And so they went down and the city was cleaned up so quickly. So we just want to thank you, Kalos Church, for being a church that loves your neighbor, that loves the community. Mm -hmm. And so we are rejoicing and we are celebrating in goodness and a hard time. Uh, We want to pray today as well. And we want to pray about the racial tensions and the issues that are happening in our world. And I want to specifically pray that our church, Kalos Church, that the church as a whole would really lead in reconciling this situation, in sharing Mm -hmm. the gospel and not being afraid to engage in conversations where Jesus would be lifted up, that would bring justice and bring humanity and dignity and love to all people. So let's take a moment, let's pray all together for this situation. Mm -hmm. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you chose to work through the church of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. the body Mm -hmm. of Christ, Lord, to expand the gospel, to share your love on the Mm -hmm. earth. So I pray right now for the church, for the big C church in Bellevue, Lord Jesus, and also Kalos church, Mm -hmm. that we would in our community uplift the oppressed, Lord Jesus. We would stand for justice in the face of injustice. And Father, you would help us, Lord, to speak truth. to uh, be so grace-giving and so truthful, Mm -hmm. Father, in the ways that we interact and uplift this situation. Um, Lord, I thank you that you care about 
uh, those that are hurting right now. Mm -hmm. And I ask, Father, right now that you would bring healing and restoration and reconciliation in this moment in our community and in our nation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, without further ado, let's hear a great message from Pastor Pradeep and go ahead and give him a high five digitally. Say amen as he's preaching and let's just get excited for the word of God. Yes, we are starting a brand new series on Esther. And so every summer, Kayla's Church has this tradition, I love it, where we read through a book of the Bible. Last year we did the book of John. This year we're doing Esther, which is an amazing book. If you want to read the scripture with us as a church, you can go to kayla's.church slash Esther, and we're going to have a reading plan there, and it's going to hold us together. It's going to be glue. I'm just so excited because it really feels like we're reading and processing and praying together as a body. And we actually picked this series about six months ago before times got as crazy. If you remember pre-quarantine days, we had a session that was about 10 hours with one of the senior authors of the New Living Translation Bible, and he taught us on this book. And so we were able to put together a sermon series. And as I'm looking through this book, it really is a commentary on the times today. I'm so pumped. It's It's a book about a young girl who's in captivity, and she's struggling with how do I stand up against oppression and racism? Uh, A leader who's like, do I kneel to these governments? What do I do? And it's about uh, someone saying, hey, should I use my privilege to stand up and use my voice or should I hide in the backgrounds? It's just like, are you talking about right now? Like this book is really perfect for this time. And all throughout the scripture, it's a a strange book because you don't really see God mentioned in it at all. It's kind of crazy. You don't really see them like having prophetic words or praying a lot. In fact, God's not mentioned in the whole thing. But what we see is that while God is seemingly quiet or silent in the book, he's not absent. And Mm -hmm. we're going to see this theme throughout our lives, throughout the scripture. And we totally believe that it's going to be a blessing for all of us. I'm so excited to put our heads and our hearts into the word of God together. And so we're going to go through this chapter by chapter. And we want to start with the first chapter, the first verse. And we're going to be introduced to a man named King Xerxes in chapter one. And the, the story starts off with King Xerxes throwing a huge party. He was a leader of leaders, pretty much ran the entire known world at the time. Really, he throws a party that lasts six months with about 15,000 people, and it is just extravagant. He's showing off his glory, and he ends the party with a seven-day party. (laughs) How else are you going to end that party? That's the kind of leader he is. He is cutthroat. He's tyrannical. He's holding people in captivity. He's asserting his power and dominance. He's displaying his glory through parties, through military might, through all sorts of means. In common vernacular, you might say he's a baller, shot caller. He might even have 21-inch blades on the Impala. You know what I mean? And so let's jump into the scripture. Chapter one, it says this. 
These events happened in the days of King Xerxes, who reigned over 127 provinces stretching from India to Ethiopia. At that time, Xerxes ruled his empire from his royal throne at the fortress of Susa. In the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials. He invited all the military officers of Persia and Media, as well as the princes and nobles of the provinces. The celebration lasted 180 days, a tremendous display of the opulent wealth of his empire and the pomp and splendor of his majesty. So crazy. And so he's showing off, he's displaying his glory and it backfires. It really blows up in his face. I've noticed that when you show off and you display your own glory, oftentimes it doesn't work out like we always imagine it to be. Just kind of like this guy who's dancing with his cell phone. He's showing off near a pool and oops, it's in the water. When I was in middle school, I played linebacker for a football team, which is probably shocking. I'm probably the only Sri Lankan football player you've ever met in your life. If you have met another Sri Lankan football player, please leave that name in the comments right now. I was placed as linebacker, so I got to tackle a lot of people. And I uh, went after the quarterback as soon as the ball snapped on this play. I tackled him and he fumbles the ball. My team gets the ball, runs toward our end zone, and spikes the ball, and we have scored. We're so excited. We're celebrating. We're displaying our glory and majesty. We're like, you're better than King Xerxes, fellow junior high student. No, we didn't actually say that. <laughs> but it turns out that our team spiked the ball on the 10-yard line, didn't quite make it to the end zone. And the team noticed that while we're celebrating, wow, the ball is still in play. They grab the ball and they run it all the way back for a touchdown and we lose the game. It backfires on us. And in this story, we see a lot of sudden reversals in the book of Esther. And this is how it starts. He's showing off, but then the party blows up in his face. Let's look at how. In verse 9, it says, At the same time of this party, Queen Vashi gave a banquet for the women in the royal palace of King Xerxes. On the seventh day of the feast, when King Xerxes was in high spirits because of the wine, he told the seven eunuchs who attended him to bring Queen Vashti to him with the royal crown on her head. He wanted the nobles and all the other men to gaze on her beauty, for she was a very beautiful woman. But when they conveyed the king's order to Queen Vashti, she refused to come. This made the king furious, and he burned with anger. He's trying to show off, but the woman says, mm-mm, I'm my own independent woman. And everybody's like, yes, queen. And she's like, I'm not going to go parade myself in front of all your 15,000 drunk men and your dirty man party with all of your like prostitutes and your food and your debauchery and your sin. Like I'm a queen. I am worth better than this. And so I am not going to that party. And, you know, Jewish historians would say that she wasn't just asked to be like walked in front of all of these men. She was supposed to come only wearing a crown and the rest of her body naked, exposed, totally humiliating. And so she says, I am not going to do this. And so here's the most powerful person in all the world. And he can't get one woman to do what he wants. And so what happens in the rest of this story? It says in verse 19, 
These men say, so if it pleases the king, we suggest that you issue a written decree, a law of the Persians and Medes that cannot be revoked. It should order that Queen Vashti be forever banished from the presence of King Xerxes and that the king should choose another queen more worthy than she. When this decree is published throughout the king's vast empire, husbands everywhere, whatever their rank, will receive proper respect from their wives. And this story takes a wild turn. He wants to show off his wife and suddenly he's banishing his wife. He will not see her again. And uh, as we study this text, I, I think there are many lessons we can learn. And as we look at someone like King Xerxes, his flaws are pretty obvious to us. And oftentimes when we look at leaders, we, we have these thoughts like, wow, power, when it's abused, sure can destroy nations. It can really destroy families. It can destroy individuals like Queen Vashti. She's now isolated from the rest of the kingdom because of one man's arrogance, one man's decision. And, you know, sometimes no matter what political party you're on, like, or what side you're on, whether you're left or right or something other, we can look at our leaders of the land and be like, man, you're destroying our nation. You're making horrible decisions. Your arrogance is getting in the way of what's best for all of us. And now we're suffering because of your choices. And, and, and I don't know if you've ever had thoughts like this, like, man, if I were in charge, I would do things way better. If I had power, man, the world would be better. I would make a difference if I had that kind of money. If I can have, if I had that kind of like power and influence, man, the world would be a better place. And as we look at the scripture, I, I just want to showcase that we might be a little more like Xerxes than we maybe think. I, I know I'm not trying to like say you're King Xerxes or I'm King Xerxes, but I think we have some King Xerxes tendencies mm. and we can, we can learn from his mistakes and what I, I believe he did wrong. And so I want to share three things we can learn. And the first thing I believe that he did wrong was number one, Xerxes, he glorifies himself. And you know, while all humans have great worth and value, we are not God. We don't deserve all the glory. I don't think we should have a posture that puffs ourselves up with pride and arrogance where we want to show off how wise we are or how smart we are or how much money we have. And, you know, we say these things like, oh, if I had, had more money or more power, then I would be better. Then I would make things better and not about myself. I would help others. But the fact is power and money, oftentimes they just reveal who we really are. Like if you're afraid of losing money right now, when you're given millions of dollars, you're suddenly afraid, oh my goodness, I have so much money to lose now. I'm afraid of losing millions of dollars. So money revealed who you are. Power does the same thing. If you're not helping people now with your power, if you're glorifying yourself now with your power or time, money, and influence, you're going to do that in the future as you're given more. Like if I looked at your wallet, if I looked at your calendar, if I looked at your social media, who would I think you're glorifying? Mm -hmm. Would I say you're displaying the glory of God or yourself? I mean, that, that's a, a really convicting question. I mean, even as I survey my life, I, I realize that there are times like, even with my social media, I'm like, ah, maybe I should post a scripture. Uh, that might be a little too touchy, but I'm, I'm willing to post a selfie. Or I'm like, ah, maybe I should post this like time of worship. I, I don't know. I don't know if I should do this, but I won't hesitate posting 
a TikTok dancer sharing that. And it's like, ah, man, I'm so easily swayed into posting a selfie, posting a picture of my food, of my adventure, of my glory, of my greatness, of my great idea. But then when it comes to displaying the glory of God, I hesitate. What is that? I think it's because we're a little more like King Xerxes than we realize. We like to be treated like kings and queens. We like to be served. We like to be catered to. We want people to think we're awesome. And, ah, you know, I, I have certain chairs that I like sitting in. And if someone else sits there, I don't like it. You know, I want to show you this video of Nala. I'm already teaching her to serve me. Let's check this out. Bring me the remote. Nala, bring me the remote. Good job. Bring me the remote, Nala. Dad, I want to watch some TV. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Nala. In a way, we're all asking people to serve us in some random ways. You know, my daughter is only like one years old and I already got her giving me the remote. But uh, what is that? What is it about that King Xerxes nature in us that makes us want to puff ourselves up? And it's easy for us to condemn King Xerxes, but whose glory does your calendar, your wallet, and your social media testify to? But here then, we look at a better example, and this is what Jesus did. You know, while Xerxes glorifies himself, Jesus always glorifies the Father. And that's the example we should follow, the example of Jesus. Check out this verse in John 12. Jesus says, but for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Jesus, even being equal to God, says glorify our Father. People look at the Father, and that's how we should be not glorifying ourselves, but God the Father. In John 8, Jesus says, I do not seek my own glory. Can you say the same thing? And so our posture is to say, Lord, would you glorify your name through our lives, through our time, through our money, with all our heart, strength, mind, and soul. We want you to get all the glory, Amen. Jesus Christ. We are hungry for your name to be lifted high. And a quote that really convicts me is this. If you're not hungry for God, you're probably full of yourself. Mm. Ah, that strikes the core. May we not be like Xerxes and more like Jesus. Amen. The second lesson I'm learning from Xerxes is this. Xerxes dominates, and I don't think we should be people that have a domineering spirit. Many of us, like Xerxes, get drunk on our own ego, mm. drunk on our own power. We think our perspective, our argument our stance is right and we need to convince everybody else that they're wrong. You know, I know we're all online right now, but it feels like a lot of people are arguing back and forth in all caps. We're just screaming at each other. Yeah. And I, I just, I'm just saying, we're not winning arguments when we're mean to each other, mm. when we try to dominate each other. It's just not very nice. And you know, Xerxes, he, he, he wants to dominate his wife into doing what he wanted. Hey, come parade yourself in front of all of my men. And guess what? It doesn't work. The more he tries to domineer her and control her, the more it backfires. And it's actually an embarrassment in front of all of these men. And he sends out a degree to the whole nation. Hey, my wife didn't listen to me. I don't even know why he would send that. It's just proof that he didn't have everybody in control. But he's so drunk in power that he says, hey, I'm going to banish her. And ah, I think we have the same kind of tendency in our life. Like we try to get people to think like us, but if they don't, give in to our argument. If they don't behave like what we want, what do we do? We banish them, 
right? It's that cancel culture. Hey, if you don't agree with me, unfollow me. You're banished. And I just don't think this is the way Jesus would have us operate. I don't, I don't think that this is the way it should be. You know, my, my daughter, our daughter, Nala, it, I don't know what's going on with her, but like when we call her name, she literally turns around and crawls away, right? <laughs> and then when we raise our voice and we try to get her to submit and dominate her and we say, hey, Nala, come here. She literally doubles her speed. What is that? And it's like, the more we try to control her, the more we lose control of her. And, you know, and this happens to, to Xerxes. And, you know, as we enter into all these arguments on Facebook and as we try to establish like the right way, I just see people post their hurt and their pain online. And then some of us are so quickly to tell them why they're wrong or why they phrase something in the incorrect way. Even as like church leaders, we can be a little insecure of saying the wrong things or saying the right things, even in the wrong way. Like what? You're praying about meeting in person? How could you even think about gathering with other people while there's a pandemic? What? You don't want to meet in person as a church? Like the scriptures say you have to meet in person. How dare you? What? You want to meet in person in a protest? Like how, how dare you? What? You don't want to meet in person as a protester? Like how dare you? And it feels like no matter what decision we make, people want to dominate us into doing what they think is best at the moment. It just, you know, like being woke is the new term. It's like, hey, we need to open up our eyes to the injustice. And we're all for being aware. But there are certain ways you wake people up that work and certain ways that don't. Like in the morning, if someone yells and screams at me, wake up, wake up. It's probably not going to be the best way to get me into a, a state where I'm willing to change and understand the world and tackle on the day. But if someone wakes me up, I like, you know, brewing a fresh cup of coffee and I get that sweet aroma and I'm like, wow, instead of dominating me into waking up, you're like helping me have a great experience. You're warming me up. I'm more likely to have a more like teachable spirit and a humble heart to whatever that person would say. You know, one of the things that we're so proud of as a community at Kalos Church is we have people who are willing to enter into the conversation. Yeah. You know, Pastor Amritha last week hosted a conversation on Zoom where she said, hey, we are dealing with issues of racism as a nation. I know a lot of people with good intentions are afraid to post, afraid to comment, afraid to ask questions because I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And all the woke people are so quick to correct me if I'm wrong. And she said, you know what? Let's be a little bit more like Jesus. And so let's have a conversation. And people were able to ask you and Carmen Reese, an African-American, you as a person of color, questions as a safe place to ask dumb questions, to get perspective without being condemned. Yeah. And I, I just think that feels like Jesus, mm. where we sometimes try to really force people into conversion, but oftentimes in the scripture, we see Jesus engage in conversation. And I, I just love that. And uh, Jesus, he's different than Xerxes. Xerxes dominates, but Jesus liberates. Xerxes banishes his bride because she doesn't do what he wants. But look what Jesus does in Ephesians 5. Husbands, Love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That's beautiful. Jesus wants the church to grow, to improve 
prove, to not have blemishes to be glorious, but he doesn't dominate the church and to change. He loves the church. He gives up his own life. And so while Xerxes dominates, Jesus liberates us from old mindsets, from old blemishes, from sin, and he helps us walk into a bright and glorious future. And I I just think as we're trying to help people, our alignment with the ways and style of Jesus is as important as our assignment. Let's make sure we're aligned with Jesus's heart as we move forward with our assignment to bring his kingdom into the earth. Amen. Amen. And so like, let's not be arrogant in our wokeness. Let's be like Jesus in his humility. Yeah. Third thing that I'm seeing in Xerxes is this, what he did wrong. Xerxes appeals to our sin nature. Mm. And so he tries to influence all these leaders and military personnel by giving them tons of alcohol. They could drink as much wine as they want. And that, that time period, you could only drink when the king lifted up his king to drink, his cup to drink. But he says, hey, all of you people, all you 15,000, drink to your heart's content, drink whatever you want. So they're drunk and they're giving into sin and he's getting influenced by helping them give in to this flesh, this sin, this party, this debauchery with prostitutes and all sorts of crazy things going on. But this doesn't work, obviously. He, he's embarrassed in front of the whole kingdom, even as he's appealing to people's sin nature. And, you know, we live in a time where racism is real, Racism, racism is alive. And I, uh, we totally believe as Kalos Church that racism is a sin issue. Like this isn't a left issue. This isn't a right issue. This is a kingdom issue. And uh, my fear, even in my own life, is that as I see injustice, as I, I see things that are just horrible happening in our nation, that I would fight sin with more sin, that I would give in to anger and bitterness and, and just be someone that I don't want to be in the name of fighting injustice. And, you know, if anybody could understand fighting injustice and, and understanding the pain and the pressure of all of that, I believe it would be Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who is faced with arrests and evil words and people said all sorts of mean things to him. And he, he says this quote that just really, really challenges me. It's, he says, I have decided to stick to love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. And I'm just like, how, how did he do yeah. that? With all that was thrown at him, how could he say something so like beautiful when people were literally like beating him and arresting him and yeah. spitting on him and hating him? How, how do you do that? I, I just believe it's because he had a relationship with Jesus. He was a, a pastor and he realized, I can't do this in my own strength. I need the love of God to carry me through this. And, and while Xerxes appeals to our sin nature, man, Jesus, he gives us a new nature. Jesus transforms us and we can never fight injustice in our own strength. We need Jesus to give us a new nature. Hate doesn't drive out hate. We need Jesus to help us, to empower us. We need Jesus to bring reconciliation and restoration. We cannot do that in our own strength, in our own ways, in our own flesh. We are not the King of Kings. Only Jesus is. And we need his peace. We need his strength. We need his new nature. And I I just totally believe that as our nation is facing unrest, lasting peace can only come from the Prince of Peace. Lasting peace will only come from the Prince of Peace. Our only hope is Jesus. He's the source of all love, 
of all justice, of all hope, and all peace. We need King Jesus. The scripture says it like this. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Man, there are times where I've been like, I'm so angry. There's so much violence in my heart. Like even in my, my past, part of my testimony is I have burned down buildings. I have been arrested. I have stolen thousands of dollars of things. And I couldn't overcome many of those challenges and addictions and the violence and the wrath in my soul by myself. I needed Jesus. And when I gave the Lord my life, he gave me a new nature. And it changed everything. And today, I just want to challenge you. In this time of unrest, what we need is more Jesus. Yes. Like our government leaders, they will never give us what Jesus can. Our own leadership, our own wisdom and strategies will never give us what Jesus can. I mean, Jesus is everything. And while Xerxes dominates, Jesus liberates. While Xerxes, he feeds our sin nature, Jesus gives us a new nature. While Xerxes like banishes his bride, Jesus embraces the bride. And while while Xerxes like uses his bride as a prop, Jesus props up the bride. And while Jesus like he 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 doesn't feed our evil nature, he gives us a new nature. We need Jesus. He is a better king than any leader we could ever find on this earth. Amen. And so today in all of these times, let's not use our own glory, our own strength. Let's not try to control people into a bright future. Let's not give into anger and bitterness and the things of the flesh. Let's turn our hearts to Jesus and say, Jesus, would you heal our land? Amen. Would you heal our heart? Would you end racism? Mm. Would you replace hate with love? Lord, we need you. And so Kalos Church, we just encourage you, give your heart to Jesus. True peace can only come through the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word. And I pray that you would bring restoration, reconciliation, peace to our land. Lord, we ask that you would end racism. Lord, I pray that you would help us not to prop our own glory up, that we wouldn't try to dominate people. Lord, in a, in a mean spirit, that we'd be able to speak truth and love, Lord. And I pray that we wouldn't give into the temptations of darkness, of unforgiveness, bitterness, wrath, and rage that isn't glorifying your name. But Lord, I pray that we would have your spirit, your love, and Lord, that you would heal us and help us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.